0: Hi, my name is Abby Hegney, and I am a board-certified health and mindset coach, and I'm excited to share with Pearl today.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Pearl, and welcome back to another Conversations with Pearl. I am so excited to be here today. You guys know with Women's Successful Living, we talk about how you show up to be a shero in your life for your self-care, and this episode is no different because I have brought a, a very special guest for you today. Her name is Abby Knee, and she is a health and mindset coach, and she's also the owner of Wellness with Abby. Abby believes that all women deserve to feel healthy and confident in their body while living the life they love. And you guys know we preach that here a lot. Through her private coaching practice, Abby works one to one with women to help them find their own unique confidence by creating that simple and effective, healthy habits that work for them, their lifestyle, and their goals. There's mm. no one size fits all cookie, and cutter approach and I love that there isn't. And she honors your individual individuality and believes so deeply that no matter where you are starting or what you have tried in the past, it's possible to achieve any goal you set for yourself. And Abby, I love that. I just love I I talk about all the time like we're all individual. No matter what we try, just because it didn't work the first time doesn't mean changing it up and finding something new can't work for you as well. So welcome to the show, Abby. So excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So, we want to kind of go back. Tell us there's usually a journey in somebody's life as a coach that they've gone through something. And because of what they've gone through in their experience, they, like me, I realized I wasn't alone when I was like, I did put everybody else before myself. I didn't have boundaries around my self care. And I didn't know the word no, right? Mm -hmm. How to say no. And so, as I found out who I truly was and who that inner pearl was, I realized I wasn't the only woman that was going through this, that we put so much on our shoulders to take care of everybody and everything, whether it's your job, whether it's a home, before yeah. we put ourselves first, we forget that identity in ourselves. So tell us about your story. What led you to what you're doing today?
0: Yeah. So my story starts about 20 years before I knew it was starting. Um, when I was about 12 years old, I was in gymnastics. I loved it. It was like my favorite thing to do. And one day my coach made a comment to me along the lines of be careful about gaining weight. Gymnasts are small. That's the way they need to be. That's, you know, that was the approach that he took. And I don't believe he meant any ill intent about it. I just think he said it. And, you know, I always say ninety. Five out of 100 girls probably didn't even hear it or think anything of it. And then there's a small handful of us that really took that comment and ran with it. And I was one of those girls. And from a very early age, I was very conscious of, about everything that I was eating, I was tracking everything. And you know, this is back in um, the 90s, where it was no fat, that it was no calories, and then it were low calories, and then it was no carbs. And it was all of the things and I would get all of the health related magazines, you know, I say that in quotes, um, that I would find at the store, and I would rip out you know, meal plans and like what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat and workout routines. And I would have a binder of these in my room that I would refer to. And I would, you know, again, be very particular about what I was eating and what I wasn't eating. And I moved my body. I would go for runs, but it was out of punishment for things that I had done or didn't do. And I always thought I was a very healthy person. I was like, no, like I eat the healthy stuff. And, you know, I, I work out all the time, but I didn't realize how unhealthy that really was um until, you know, I was in my 30s and I got pregnant with my first child. And I didn't at that moment I realized I had to gain weight, which was a very scary moment for me in a couple different ways, scary because I wanted to gain weight. I knew I had to gain weight to have a healthy pregnancy, be healthy myself, you know, for a healthy baby, but scary also because I had spent most of my life avoiding gaining weight and I didn't know how to do it in a way that wasn't going to, um, spin me out of control. And I realized then how unhealthy I had been. It just something clicked in me that I was like, this isn't right. This isn't right that I've spent all of my life tracking and counting and punishing myself and looking in the mirror and beating myself up. And throughout my pregnancy, it really showed me how hard I had been on my body. You know, my body was changing and I became proud of that instead of. You know, looking at my body every time in the mirror and thinking, but it should be this way. I should do this. If I go out and I run this, it'll change, you know. And that was just the turning point through for me. And through health coaching, I realized that we focus so much on food and movement and we determine our health based off of you know the good foods that we're eating and the bad foods we're staying away from and how many hours we're spending at the gym and while food and exercise is important to our health it's also so much more and it really begins with how we're treating ourselves how we're talking to ourselves the stories that we're allowing ourselves to believe really set the motion for the things that we do and allow us to keep going Towards our goals, or have us giving up too soon? Wow! So I want to start back a little bit with the
1: coach because you're right. It's, I hear a lot in there about mindset, right, and what we talk to ourselves. and And um, many listeners know that I lost my son last July in a tragic car accident. And what we tell ourselves is so so important, or what we say to others is really really important. And I, you know, like you said, the coach had no idea probably, you know, no ill intent. He was just trying to be the coach, you know, for you. And like you said, some of us hear certain things. And it reminded me of the story when my son, um, he had gone through rehab and he was doing the things you're supposed to do. Like his outlet was MMA fighting. And he had a trainer who rightfully so was trying to tell Matt, you can't be in the upcoming fight because he had two broken toes. So, but Matthews of the mindset that, I want to do this. I'm focused. I I don't care that I have two broken toes. I Mm played football with many different ailments and I did it. Right. So instead of talking with him and getting to know him, she, between what his, his, you know, frustration and then other things that happened to Jim that A to Z talking, she basically targeted Matthew and kicked him out of the gym, which sent him in a whole different spiral that he did not want to go into. But when he passed, she was doing a, a remembrance for him. And when his friend said, his girlfriend said, you know that that's the girl that kicked him out of the gym. Like I had no clue. So I had to call her and be like, listen, I'm really honored you're doing this. And I really want to come and we need to talk. And in my talking with her, you know, I wanted to understand why she, instead of having a conversation, she just, you know, in public, in a public place. And he was mm-hmm. very, very professional, a young man that he should be, and the man that he should be like not biting back at her because she was a female. And she said, well, I never really intended to kick him out completely. I'm like, well, you didn't communicate that. Excuse me. And then Mm -hmm. she said, I felt like he was trying to replace something with the gym. And I had that talk with Mm -hmm. her in that coaching moment with her to say, just like what your coach did with you, we have to think about sometimes how we're saying and what we're saying and also get to know that person because you Mm -hmm. don't know. Yes, Matthew was using it for an outlet. He was doing what he's supposed to do. And he mm-hmm. was replacing alcohol with that. And like you mm-hmm. said, when we don't pay attention to those words and your coach didn't do it, you know, and even her, she didn't do it ill intentionally. Mm-hmm. But like that can set that mindset. Our our, our mindset can become that uh-huh. negative side. Instead of letting the front, you know, instead of let the file cabinets in the back go, you've got this. You're great. You're, you know, you're a beautiful, wonderful maid. The front part is going no, you need to lose weight or you're not worthy. You know, these things that we let that feed into our brain and we start believing. Right. And we start going like what you said. That then you you know go through the transition of what you're eating and reading and you become so consumed with that to the point mm-hmm. that now as we become adults, and this is so important for the moms that are listening and the parents that are listening, that what we tell our children when they're young is so powerful because as mm-hmm. we come into the adulthood, we take that with us. We take a lot of that with us and that talk and that, you know, and, and like you said, you recognize this isn't healthy. I'm having this beautiful child. I've got to be healthy for this child and make some right choices. And that's, you know, that's, I think like what you said too, is we have to, that mindset, like overcoming that mindset and coaching on that mindset. And if you struggle with it to get that, that's why I love coaching is because I love to see women come in and sit with me or hop on a zoom with me. And watch them come in with that stuff that they had that they're telling themselves is beating themselves up or I'm not worthy or I feel guilty because mm-hmm. I want to do something for me and watch them shine to where they communicate their realistic expectations. They put that cape on first and they they start losing that guilt. They shed that guilt. Yeah. And so, Abby, I love that you were able to unpack that for us and help us walk through that with what you went through. So tell us, as you became on this journey, of you coming to realization that you've got to get that back in control? You've got to get a good balance of health. How did that come to fruition for you? What were some of the steps you took to get that
0: started? Yeah, I think the number one thing is awareness. We have to bring awareness to what we're thinking, how we're feeling and the things that we're doing and how those things that we're doing in turn make us feel both physically and mentally because i think a lot of the times we go through motions thinking they're the right things we should be doing and realizing that they're just bringing us down they make us feel defeated and looking back when i you know tried all of these different things when i'd find a plan or a diet or you know whatever it was that i was going for you know the thing that was going to work this time and it didn't work I would feel defeated. I would think there was something wrong with me. I would think that I couldn't do it, that I wasn't capable of it. But the reality was is that those plans were never created for me. They were created for somebody else with a different body and different goals, and different lifestyles, and different times on their hands, and a completely different mindset. And they never took me into consideration. And so taking yourself into consideration is the number one thing that we have to do. And that really begins with awareness. And you know, for me, it was awareness of the story that I was telling myself. And I think a powerful exercise that anybody can do is start to write down that story. And the way that I think about it is like the old time movie projector, right? You could like hear the clicking and it was like the same story over and over again. When I would look in the mirror, it would be, you know, your legs are too big. You're too short. This should be flatter. This should be all of the things. And to just start to write it down like it was a movie script can be so powerful and profound for you to shift it because then you can realize, wow, I don't want anybody to know that I'm talking to myself this way, or I would never want my kids to say this about themselves, or I would never say this to a friend. So why are we saying it to ourselves? And just starting to see those thoughts that you're having, because that's all they are. They're just thoughts. We sometimes feel them as facts of life, but they're just sentences in our head that we have created. And we've told ourselves so many times that we believe them, but we can just as easily start to tell ourselves new thoughts and start to practice new sentences. And it's not a flip of the switch. It's never going to happen overnight. I mean, I have been Doing this for 10 years now. And there are still days where I find myself in that old mindset where I catch myself criticizing something in the mirror or looking at a picture and being like, oh, that picture, like I hate it. And just starting to beat myself up about it. But what happens is you can catch yourself and you can pull yourself out of it and just say, you know what? I'm just not going to think that thought. And I think that's a big thing. Like some people come into it hating themselves and saying, I can't love myself. That feels too hard. And I, a hundred percent understand that it was too hard for me too. But what you can do is just decide, I'm just not going to hate myself anymore. I'm not going to talk badly about myself. I'm not going to listen to those thoughts and just stop them. You don't have to jump to loving yourself or your body. Just choose to not beat yourself up, to not hate yourself. And you're right. Awareness is a big, is a big part of, you know, moving
1: forward and working through it because yeah I mean I when I lost my son I started to put on some weight I went back to those old comfort habits and I Mm -hmm. had to be like wait a minute what are you doing Pearl and that's why I love I coach on positive intelligence and mm-hmm. so I've named my saboteur and my judge when they show up. So when Betsy shows up, I'm like, uh-uh, Betsy, you are not talking to me today. We are mm-hmm. not converting, having conversations today. You can walk away from this mirror today. So that mm-hmm. whole that whole process, because it is, it's awareness. And we're doing an exercise right now in the Shira League, which I have a community of women. We call it the Shira League. Um, and the S stands for successful. The H is happy. The E is you're empowered the R is your radiant and the O is original, right? So we're all these Shiro women who come together to support one another. And one of the things we're working on is creating our joy list, which I'm going to go through that in a little bit with you because I've got some questions that we do with the girls, but they're really freaked out right now because I told them they're creating their own meditation. So they're recording themselves in a meditation, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, I have to talk to myself. I have to tell myself, like, yeah, all these things that you're going to create for your dream sheet for the first six weeks we're going to work on, you're going to tell yourself, you're going to see yourself doing it. And they're like, what? They're so freaked out. So it's so interesting that even as we become aware of those things, we get so that that fear, right, starts to take over and think, well, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not going to make it there. You know, I'm not going to, uh, it's not going to work for me. It's not in the cards. And I like what you said too. And even in your bio, where, it's not a cookie cutter. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's mm-hmm. journey is so different and how you approach it. You know, one of the big part of my programs too, is we do work on the health and wellness piece of it and around the eating and having whole food eating and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, but this person's doing that program. I'm like, okay, you can do any program you want to do. I, I don't care as long as you're eating healthy, but remember mm-hmm. if you do it and you can lose weight with any program, but the bottom line comes into your mind. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I could put you three different programs and you can do all three of them. As long as your mindset's right, all three of them will work with you. But the problem is, is that you, it's not a cookie cutter and people think I have to do, you know, these, the latest fads and things like that, but Mm -hmm. it's really what works for you. And I remember when I solely did health coaching and um, I tell the story often in, in the, in the podcast here that I had this one lady come in. And the big thing with me is if when you come in, I have a skill. But we don't go to the scale till the end of the session. Like, I don't want you to be so worried about a number on a scale. I want you to tell me how you feel inside. You know, how do your clothes fit? How is it making you feel? And so I was sitting with this one lady and she's like, I was asking her, okay, it's six weeks from now and you've lost some of the weight you want to lose. What do you want when you're, when we get through this part of your journey, because it's not over, what do you want? And she'd been divorced for over 10 years and she wants to meet somebody. And I'm like, okay, so what does it look like? She's looking at me going, I came to you for weight loss. You're asking what my future man's gonna look like. I'm like, well, that's what it's about. It's about the mindset, yeah. it's about the manifestation of what you want. And so I made her do, you know, at the end of the sessions, I'm like, okay, now we'll get on the scale. She's like, really? Like, she couldn't understand it. So, but what was really cool is I made her go through the homework of writing what he looked like, kind of like what you said, like putting it in, on paper. Mm-hmm. What does he look like? Mm-hmm. What does he do? What are his ethics? Does he have kids? Does he have grandkids? Is he adventurous? Does he like to work? All those things that you enjoy, do you want that in your in your future person as well? And so she did that. She did great in her journey. We graduated her, and she's doing great and everything else. And it was like, I think about a year and a half later, and I ran into the, gr- inner, the grocery store. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I need to introduce you to somebody. And the minute he walked around the corner to introduce me, She was everything she described in her, in her writing. It was so amazing. And I looked at her, I go, "Uh uh-huh. She goes, I knew you were going to say that. And I'm like, you know, and I told her, I looked at her and I said to him, I go, we're talking about mindset. Just so you know, she manifested you. And he goes, she's told me about you in this manifestation thing. But it really is. It's really about that, that being aware and the mindset and knowing, finding out what works for you and, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's journaling, whether it's meditation, whether it's you know, you talk to a coach every single day of your life, whatever that is to help you get through that is so, so powerful. Yeah. So Abby, my question to you is on the tough days, what, what gets you through? Like, what are some of the things? Cause you know, we, like you said, a few minutes ago, we get up and we still have those days where I get up and I have those days too, ranging from self or from grief. You know, I have both of those. I mm-hmm. feel like now I'm in this world of my life before and my life now. And I'm trying to mesh the two worlds together. And there's often days that come in and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, a song will come on the radio or something will, somebody will say something to me about something and I'll either break down for grief or I'll feel guilty about something in my life. Right. So, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you dig into your toolbox to help you pull up the
0: bootstraps and say, we're not going to go there today? Yeah. Well, I will say that. On those days, I think the most important thing you can do is to slow down and actually connect with how you are feeling. I think so often we get to a place and we, we don't want to feel our feelings. We're very scared of feeling anything but happy, but we have to be able to feel our feelings to know that we can get through them. And I think especially when it comes to health, a lot of people turn to food to hide their feelings, to run from their feelings. And that only adds on layers of guilt and frustration and, um, you know, just feeling really bad about it because it just doesn't actually help us. When we get to the end, we still feel that way. And now we feel guilty or we feel frustrated because we gave in to the cravings or, you know, whatever it may be. So I think really just slowing down and allowing yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling and to notice the thoughts that you're having about this thing. So what is causing you to feel the grief? What is causing you to feel frustrated or to feel um, like you want to give up, right? Like what is causing it? It's always going to come from something that you're thinking. Because we can all have the exact same situation happen to us, you know, and I give the example of a red light. We can be on our way somewhere and I can be running late and you could be 10 minutes early and we hit a red light. And to me, I stress out, I'm beeping my horn, I'm, you know, losing my mind because I got stopped at a red light and I'm late. And I'm only thinking about how it's only going to cause me to be more late, how I should have left earlier, all of the things. And you hit the same red light and you're just sitting there waiting for it to turn green, calm, cool, collected. It's the same red light. It's just a fact of the situation. It's something that has happened in your life and you're feeling one way and I'm feeling completely different. And the only thing that's different about those two things is the way that we are thinking about it. So noticing how you're thinking about it and just connecting them and allowing yourself to see, oh yeah, I'm feeling this way. And these are the thoughts in my head and that's okay. It's okay. And then you can decide like, do I want to feel this way? Do I want to try something else? And then what's going to kind of get you to that next feeling? If you're feeling guilty and you don't want to feel guilty anymore. Okay. Well, what are you going to think to get you out of that?
1: I love that example, the red light, both of the red light. (laughs) I'm thinking about this. I was at a red light today and I actually took a picture because I kind of have a little thing I want to post about the intersection of your life, but that's so true. Mm -hmm. We can both be at the same red light and be thinking and reacting to Totally differently. It's so so positive, and that was one of the things. You know, when um my son Matthew, he's very he was very much into meditation and journaling and all those things that I love to do. But one of the things he didn't could never understand was how to see life with a cup half full, right, instead of half mm-hmm. empty. And he he would he would struggle with that. Mom, how do you do that? And, and you know, I would talk to him about well, if I see that fa- half empty, then half of my life is gone. and That's not what I want. I want to live my life to my fullest. So I want my cup to be full because if I'm not full, then I haven't taken care of me and I can't take care of you with the overflow. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I just, you know, he struggled to watch me do that. And and I think for me, that's why with even with his loss, you know, we still our son, Nate, we, we had two boys, Nate and Matthew and our son, Nate and my husband and I, we all agree that no matter what, you know, if we were together and one of us cried, then just cry. I don't feel like you have to protect the other one because that helps each other as well. And I said, and I told my husband and my son Nate, I'm like, that's how I live my life, and I can't change it now just because Matt's not with us, you know. And and mm-hmm. it is, it's that mindset, it's what we tell ourselves, you know. And and finding alternatives, like I'm really since I realized that, uh, you know, I was starting to put some my weight on, I've really been really to- honed in on what I'm eating. And evenings are really hard for me, so I've got this new snack. I do with um, I'll do some Greek yogurt, or a little bit of chocolate protein powder mm-hmm. in there, and it just gives me that that sweetness that I want and feel like mm-hmm. I'm getting a treat. So I love, like you said, about mindset, being aware of what we're we're doing in our life. How what are we sh- telling ourselves? How are we showing up? And it reminds me too, as you were saying that I don't know if you've heard about Megan Trainer. Um, after she had her first child, she was really struggling with her body, and her therapist told her. I want you to go stand in front of the mirror and I want you to tell yourself you're beautiful and I want you to find something on your body that is beautiful. And she said she struggled, I want to say for the first week or two weeks with it. And like her trainer said, her therapist said, step back. Don't be right on top of the mirror. I want you to step back and see your full body and find it. And then she said, after I think about two weeks, maybe a little bit less, she started realizing that role is pretty darn cute on me, you know. And and telling herself finding the beauty within uh, outside of her body, and then she said she was starting to find it within as well.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I love that because it is especially if you have struggled with how you feel about your body, it's a very difficult thing to then stand there and say, okay, what can I find that I love? But if you start with what can I appreciate, you know, for me. It was always my legs. Like I am barely short. I'm about five one. and I always felt like my legs were too big. They were muscular and they were, you know, I always thought like stocky, right? And so those were the number one thing that I would criticize. And so when I was working on this, when I realized, how unhealthy it was for me to beat myself up and to criticize everything and to try to be changing everything all of the time in the, in the most wrong way possible. And having to look at yourself in the mirror and find something that you love is very hard. But what I learned was I could appreciate things. I could appreciate my legs for what they were. The fact that they take me wherever I want to go. They allow me to play with my kids. They allow me to pick them up and run. And, you know, the strength of them. And starting to go there, even before you get to the loving place can be helpful. Like, what can you just be grateful for and start to look for that? And I think when it comes to looking at ourselves in the mirror, I mean, have you ever noticed when you put on an outfit in the morning, you're like, okay, yeah, I like this outfit. And then maybe you catch yourself later in the day and you're like, oh, the sure shirt doesn't really fit the way that I want it to. Or, oh, these jeans are baggier than like you start to notice things. It's the same outfit, the same body, and you just start to look at things differently. And I think that is the perfect example of how body image is such a mental thing. Because you can see yourself in one mirror or one light or one time of the day and feel completely different about it than you do later or an hour later or two hours later, you know, later in the day. And it's all just because of what you're choosing to look for or choosing to see and that story that you're choosing to tell yourself. And the same with, you know, being a half full or a half empty type of person. Even if you're half empty person, you can choose to start looking for the half full and just start practicing it. Like when you catch yourself being that half empty, how can I change this into a half full? What would that look like for me? And just keep practicing it because it's not an overnight thing. And it may take you a while, but if you keep practicing it, that muscle gets stronger.
1: That's, that's a great, I love the analogy about the clothing because I've been there, done that too. It's like, Oh, it looks good. And then the, Oh, it's kind of too short. You know, I'm five, one and a half myself. And okay, I, uh, yeah. so I get what you're saying. And I was sitting here as you said that there's, um for me, the biggest thing on my body that bugs me, and it's only at Christmas time, is my fingers are like little sausage links. They look like little sausage links. <laughs> so when I- But it make- only bothers you at Christmas time. <laughs> because when mom would make these lady fingers and it, you used your finger to do them, and because I, my fingers weren't long enough, <laughs> they always look like little sausage links. <laughs> oh my gosh that's
0: so, so funny <laughs> no,
1: as my kids got older i used their fingers because they were much taller than i am but yeah so i love i love that analogy and yeah but the best thing i thought the the fun thing about being short was when i was in high school uh, back in the day you would have your tickets to go to concerts but you weren't stuck in that seat you could still get down to the stage and my friends used to throw their cameras on me. I'm like, okay, go. And I would go down. And I'd be the one at the stage taking pictures because you could get, as a short person, you can certainly get through the crowds a lot easier yes. than a tall person.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And I was talking with um, uh, a former colleague uh, last week, and it was funny because, um, he is very tall and I am not. And we were talking about height and like different things that, you know, allow us to, like you said, I was like, oh, I can get through a crowd very quickly. Um, and I had just been at my parents' house and I was laughing cause I took a shower there and I'm so short sure that the shower, the water, I was kind of like in between, like where the water fell. And so I was like, yeah, but it, you know, it's frustrating being short because I don't get the water pressure, <laughs> and immediately he was like, "Yeah, but you don't have to like bend yourself like underneath." <laughs> like, and it was just, it was just such a a perfect way to show like it just depends on how you think about it. Right? Exactly. It's all about <laughs> there's nothing wrong with either of them, but like yeah. just because something feels off to us or not in the right place doesn't mean that it would be better if right. it were. Was- Thing that we want.
1: I love that. I never thought about having to lean over out of the shower, but when (laughs) you say, I'm like, yeah, I get that. (laughs) I love that. So tell us, Abby, as somebody comes in to work with you, what can they expect? Like, kind of walk us through the journey of a a woman comes in and works with you. What are some of the things that they can expect when they're working with you?
0: Yeah. So I work with women um, all on a one to one basis, and I work with them for six months. And what I have found, for me and the my approach and the what I've found has been most helpful for my clients is that six months. Because when it comes, especially to health and wellness, it's kind of like the new year's resolution. You come in, you start the new year, you start the program, and you're all excited, you're motivated, you're ready to go out. Um, and I was finding like month one and month two, they were really motivated and they were seeing a lot of results. And quickly, right? Because we were really tapping into where they are and where they want to be. And just like you had said, it's really looking at where you want to be and stepping into that person now. What is she doing? How is she feeling? What is she thinking about things and starting to take action from that place as if you've already achieved your goal, right? And I think, you know, people hear the word manifesting. And I think they just think, well, if I think it hard enough and I tell myself it enough, it'll just happen. But you have to, what I think manifesting is is truly believing that it's possible, that it's possible to be the woman with the habits that you want with the, you know, to lose the weight or to be consistent or to just feel healthy and confident but you then have to take the actions to get you there, right? You can't sit and wait for it to fall out of the sky. So that month one and month two is really like that excitement period. And what I was finding when I offered shorter programs was month three would happen and life kind of kicked into gear, right? Like, Challenges started coming up. That motivation started to fade a little bit. Um, Maybe they went on vacation and they were like, how am I going to handle this? Or they came back from vacation and felt like they had thrown out all of their progress. You know, it's that all or nothing mentality. And when I was doing shorter programs, it was like, okay, we'll see you later. (laughs) We're done here. And they were either leaving the program feeling like I made it all this way and now I'm struggling or they just kept renewing to get to where they want to be. But when I extended it out to six months, it really allowed us to work through life, all of the ups and downs of life. And so when they got to month five and month six, they were feeling like, I can do this. I've been through the challenges. I've been through wanting to give up. I've been through you know, the period where I would have thrown in the towel and I was able to find what to do to get through it. And that's really what we work on. So as soon as they start, we we look at where they want to be. And even before they start, I, um, I do a free consultation with all of my clients before they join. And that's a big part of it is understanding where they are now, but also where they want to be. And what is the impact of that, not only for them and for their life, but for everybody around them? Because I think we don't think about that as much. Like you were saying, like when you take care of you, everybody gets the best of you. And as women and as moms, especially, we forget that. So really tapping into that and thinking about that. And then as soon as they start, we go right into their goals and their vision for the future. And what do we need to do to bring that vision to life? Where do they want to be in six months? Where do they want to be in three months? And what can we do this month to get them there? And every week we lay out kind of where they are. We talk about what's working well for them, but we also tap into what's not working for them and not in a way that, brings them down or makes them feel defeated, but in a way that inspires them to be like, okay, this isn't working, which means I need to change this. And it's just that simple evaluation about, okay, I'm going to celebrate this and then I'm going to learn from this and now I'm going to do this. And we just keep building that strong foundation, recognizing those challenges and thinking about, okay, what's happening here? And a lot of the times it's coming back to their mindset. A lot of what's not working is feeling like they should be farther along than they actually are or thinking it's hard or it's complicated or they don't have the time. And we just have to break those down into small little like bite-sized pieces for them. Yeah, because you're
1: right, because manifestation is not just, you know, there's a lot more involved in just saying and thinking it and believing it every day. There's a lot of action Mm -hmm. behind it as well, you know, and Mm -hmm. and a lot of like we've been talking about attitude and mental awareness of what and then the saboteurs and judges when they come up, how to uh, how to take care of those and how to answer those. Like for me, when Betsy shows up, I'm like, yeah, no, adios, Betsy, you're not coming in today. (laughs) So Uh it's so, so true. And so I wanted to share with you, so our Shira League right now, we are working on some really fun things to help the ladies get, you know, we're, we're breaking another year into like little six weeks goals. So oh. right now what we're doing is we're working on they had to create what brings them joy. And so, you know, they had to create 10 things, Abby, that bring them joy, but not mm-hmm. just like, oh, the sun brings me joy. No, like why? Truly why? Break it down. Mm-hmm. Tell me why does the sun bring you joy? Um, for example, we had a hairstylist. She's like, "I my clients bring me joy." I'm like, "That's great. You guys bring me joy too, working with you every week." But why does your client bring you joy? What about doing somebody's hair brings you joy? And as we got into it, she's like, "Well, it's a transformation. Like, walk, watch them walk out with this big smile on their face and that confidence they have because they've got this new style that they're trying." Or and she says, "So it inspires me too." I'm like, "There you go. That you know that inspiration <laughs> to continue to do what you do, but even step it up and become better at it." So. We don't have time for you to do your 10 right now. But so Abby, what I would love to know is what are your top three things that bring you joy and why do they bring you joy?
0: Yeah, um, number one that immediately came to mind is my morning routine. I am an early riser and I will say I have not always been an early riser. So you do not need to be a morning person to be an early riser. But I think it plays into this particularly is that I get up early because it brings me joy because of the way that it starts my day. It starts my day on my time, on my terms. I get up, I get my workout in, and that movement and that early morning time just makes me a better person throughout the day. It allows me to be more present. It allows me to better manage my stress. I can just handle the day so much better. And today my kids were off and I was like, I'm gonna sleep in because I never sleep in. And honestly, I missed waking up early. It threw my morning off. So I'm like, sometimes the things we want aren't really the things we want. So just recognizing that is really powerful. So definitely my morning routine. I will also say I have some very like unsexy self-care things that bring me a lot of joy. And that is grocery shopping. I love grocery shopping because I just like to be prepared for the week. So I set my meal plan for the week and I typically plan out about four meals and then some leftovers. I make it very simple. And then I do my grocery shopping based off of that meal plan. And then I just feel like I'm done for the week. And it just feels so good to have all of the foods that we need. I love coming home and washing all the fruits and the vegetables and putting them in jars and I know that's not for everybody, but that's for me. <laughs> and um lastly, I love a clean kitchen. I clean my kitchen every night. I just feel like my life is more organized and cleaner. I feel like my mind is a clean slate when I have a clean kitchen. And so those things really bring me joy. yes, my family brings me joy and my dog and being outside, but I think we, we often go to, Oh, I have to do this and I have to do this, but sometimes we can find joy in those things too. And they can really change our
1: lives. I love the unsexy one. So it's a pretty cool one. I I, I was like, my husband is a grocery shopping because I cannot stand to be in the grocery (laughs) store. It's like, I'm like, and I don't know why that is anymore. I used to like it, but I don't know. It's just like, there's, And it was like before COVID that I got like that. It's like, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be in the grocery store. There's just too many people. It's, you know, whatever. Maybe I'm getting older. I don't know what it is, but I just, that (laughs) does not do me anything good for that. So I love that you shared that. And I love that you shared like your routine for getting up in the morning and, you know, creating those routines are so powerful and what sets up the rest of our day as well. You know, having, like you said, the kitchen, having those things that are, that make you feel good when you get up to start your day is so, so powerful So Mm -hmm. the next thing they had to do, Abby, is they had to work on, you know, we do this to-do list. Like when you go grocery shopping, you've got what you got to buy in the list. We have all these lists we make in our lives. But do we ever stop and create the not-to-do list? The things Mm -hmm. that I don't want to do that keep me from bringing joy into my life. Mm -hmm. So what would be some of the things on your not-to-do list, Abby, that keep you from getting up on your schedule, shopping, Mm -hmm. a clean kitchen? What are some of the things you have
0: to put on that not-to-do list? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, what comes to mind is um I'm not gonna judge. I'm not gonna judge myself. I'm not gonna judge decisions that I make, um, or I think questioning too, um, which is big, especially when it comes to morning routines. You know, if your alarm goes off and you start to question whether you want to get out of bed or not, you're more so than not, probably not gonna get out of bed. Um, and so and Another big thing that I think I wouldn't do is making decisions based on how I feel in the moment versus how it's going to make me feel, which also relates to getting out of bed. Most of us never really feel like getting out of bed, (laughs) especially I'm in Connecticut. It's cold. It's gray. Most of the days, I don't really feel like getting out of bed most days, but I know I feel so much better when I do it. And I think the same thing with, you know, choosing what to eat. A lot of the times we don't feel like eating the healthy things, but we feel better when we do it. Or we don't feel like getting outside, but we feel better when we do it. So I'm not judging myself. I'm not questioning things. And I'm not um, uh, doing things based on how I feel in the moment. Instead doing it on how I want to feel. Those
1: are great examples, of especially the things that keep us from the judging. That's so big of not, not judging ourselves. It's so powerful because that can keep us from, from the joy and also enjoying the things that do bring us joy in our lives. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. Okay. So now, Abby, it's December 31st. You're getting ready to go out for New Year's Eve. You're going to go celebrate the year that's just passed you by. And you, you take a few minutes because you want to reflect. You get up early in the morning on that day. And you're sitting there and you're journaling. What are you journaling about what has happened for you in 2023? What's what at the end of the year, what are you looking back on and going, gosh, this was such a great year? Because
0: what Mm. would those things be? Um, belief in myself, I think, is a big thing. And I always think about where does my belief get me? Um, you know, I've been coaching for, uh, four years or so now. But just last year, I went full time with it. And I wouldn't have done that if I didn't believe that I could do it. And I wouldn't do most things in my life if I didn't believe even an ounce that I could do it. And so I think belief in myself celebrating that is the number one thing. And, you know, I think especially as as moms too, <laughs> nobody hands you a parenting handbook, right? Like You just believe that you can be a mom and you're going to figure it out and you do. And the same is true for anything that we do. Um, so definitely celebrating belief in myself, um, celebrating being more mindful and more present. Uh, I think especially in this world where Uh, You know, we've got our phones attached to us all of the time. There's social media. There's so much um, that we can compare ourselves to and so quickly compare and just bringing it back to what is really important to me and spending time with my family and with my friends and putting the phone away. You know, there was a time in our lives where we didn't have to respond to people. People couldn't get in touch with us all of the time and just bringing it back to that. Um, and then, you know, celebrating the, the ripple effect that my belief in myself is having on this world, and that is on my family, it's on my friends, it's on my clients, and it's on all of the lives that they're touching. Um, I think when we show up powerfully for something that we believe in, it just creates this ripple that is impacting the world in such a positive way.
1: Yeah. Ripple effect. I just, I love that vision of that ripple effect of all the things you celebrate, how it's affecting you, how we reach those six degrees of separation, how it's reaching out Mm -hmm. to others. I just, I love that, that you also close that in with that. So now Abby, what I want to ask you, this is a heavy question because Mm -hmm. oftentimes, and you and I know from the women that we coach that we have this guilt that we put on ourselves about putting ourselves first, we don't fill our cup. We don't put our cape on first. And oftentimes I, I, you know, when I have women that struggle with that, they're like, but my family just isn't going to understand. And we'll talk about, have you communicated with them? And they're like, no, I'll walk them through this exercise and I'll say, okay, you know, and I, I'm a perfect example of it. Who would have known that I was talking to my son one minute on the phone, the next minute he would die in a car accident. Right. So I'm a great example of how we're not promised the next 30 seconds of our lives. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I often say, and I ask, and we do this when we create, or We do. I do a vision purse. I don't do vision boards. I create a mm-hmm. purse with your vision on it because I believe like if you carry it with you. You feel it all day long, right? Mm-hmm. So part of that is, is once you create that vision purse, is I want to know tomorrow if you were, if your family had to give you a eulogy and all they could talk about, they can't not talk about what a great person, we know you're a great person. We know you're beautiful, you know, all those things. They cannot talk about that. But all they can talk about is what they saw you do for yourself. Mm. What would they say? Like for me, my family would say that they saw me take a staycation once a quarter. They might catch me sitting on my swing in the front porch. They might catch me going for a walk in the morning. Those are some of the things that would say. What would your family say about you? Yeah.
0: Um, I think they would say that I protected my time in the way that you know, again, my morning routine is very sacred to me. I get up, I work out. I I do, I get the family organized, but that's part of who I am. I love to organize and feel organized. Um, but I also, every morning, you know, I have a dry brush, I dry brush, I shower. I spend the last couple minutes of my shower as a cold shower. Like I just, I take care of myself from my mind to my body and um, you know my presence and my gift to others. I walk every morning. I take the dog out for a walk. So that morning routine is just very sacred to me. but it's also what I think lights me up what allows me to bring kindness and compassion to myself and to others. So I don't know if that specifically answers the question in that way, but it does.
1: It's, it's perfect. Cause you know, we don't, we don't stop. And, and uh, you know, I think our young adults, how, how many kids do you have, Abby? I have two, eight and five, eight and five. Okay. So, so mine are forever 25 and 23. And so, You know, your children in that generation right now, we really need to set that example of what that Mm self-care looks like, what that self-talk looks like. And I know there's a young, a little girl that's, she's on TikTok and I haven't been able to come across her again because I'm like, I want to have her and her mom on my show, but she stands there and she's like, I don't do negative today or she'll have these great (laughs) conversations. Right. I'm like, it's so powerful when I see moms and dads talking to their children, especially their daughters about that self-care, about that self-talk, because we didn't have, like you said, we didn't have as moms, I, we talked about this on an episode a couple of days ago. When we get married, we don't have that, those marriage mentors, those women that say this mm-hmm. is, you know, And we come home and we think we melt down over what's for dinner. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, we, you know, oftentimes that, that heaviness we put on our shoulders. And so I love, I love that, you know, setting that example, I think, and that's why I asked the question is I want the listeners to see some of the examples that are so simple to do for yourself. Whether it's a bathtub, and I, I often joke that, well, bathtub's not self-care, but it is because you may be a very busy mom, a very busy entrepreneur, yeah. and all you can do is sit in a bathtub for five minutes, do it. Or if you're listening and you're like, I don't even have time for a bath, fine, go get in a shower and stand with a hot shower on you, or better yet, with cold shower on you. And Man, will that wake you up, right? And get you started. So I, I love that. What are you going to say? Yeah, Abby?
0: you talked about finding joy earlier, and I think... When you can find joy in the little things or the everyday things, and even if it doesn't feel like self-care for you, I think that's something I'm very good at. And I was joking with my friends. I'm like, I can find something beautiful in everybody. You know, somebody else might be like, oh, no, that person. I'm like, nope, I can find something that I think is beautiful about every person. And I think I can do the same thing with everyday moments. Again, cleaning my kitchen. Do I necessarily like cleaning my kitchen? No, but I have found so much joy in it because I know how it makes me feel. And I think the same thing with you know kids and, and moms and that time, my morning routine, I've talked about a lot. I'm not alone most mornings. Most mornings, my five-year-old daughter comes down and she's right there next to me. And so I have started to reframe it of, Self care isn't necessarily like alone time. It's just me time. Most of the time, my kid's there. My dog is always there because <laughs> she's attached to me. But they know that that's my space. And they are always watching. You know, we talk about little eyes are watching, and they are always watching, but they also are always connecting with our energy, too. And so they see me. Work out. And you know what? My daughter's like, Mommy, are we going to work out today? Like, I want to do the weights. And she's got little weights and she's lifting them up. And a lot of the times they'll end up joining me. But they also are paying attention to the energy that I'm bringing to my life. And if I'm bringing negative energy to myself, they're going to bring negative energy to themselves and to everybody else. So, really recognizing that and just being that example that you want to be for them, it has to start. With you and how you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, you're right. Because
1: oftentimes, and I'm glad you brought that up because I know some of the listeners are probably going, Yeah, but how do you find time for yourself when you've got kids or you've got this response, all this stuff going on? And it doesn't mean self care doesn't mean you don't have to involve your family or your children or, or your job in that either. I mean, I remember I worked for um, a, a big top five telecom company. And one of my things, and this is long before I became a coach but we would work late nights because that was back in the day of payment processing with the checks. So it was, I'm aging myself, but I would make my staff go take walks. Cause on the end of the month, we could be there till one o'clock in the morning and I wanted them to have some time for themselves. So I would send them for walks, but like for me, self-care for me, my oldest son, he played football. He had horrible football feet. So we would go do, he'd do a pedicure. We'd go do manny pedis together. And I found that was my self-care time, but it was also giving me time to spend with him. And Mm -hmm. learn things about him that maybe as a mom, I didn't want to know at the time, but I needed to know probably, you know, so, so self-care doesn't mean you have to be selfish. You can do it sitting and watching an old cartoon Mm -hmm. of Barney or whatever the kids are watching today. Right. So it's, it's, and letting them see that, like you said, with your daughter, like what, letting them see and create that energy that they're seeing. I think it's just so, so important that we, Mm -hmm. that we share that with our young kids, because Like you said, these things here become so much attached to their hips. And I mean, I'm watching parents now that their kids are like in first grade and they already have cell phones. I'm like, why? I don't understand why. Well, because I have to track them down. I'm like, okay, I still don't understand why. (laughs) They're at the school. They're at the elementary school. You know, and I know there's so much happening in the world that we get so worried that how we're going to connect. And I just you know, I I'm glad you brought that up that we have to be the examples and create that energy for our children as well about what self-care is and what does it mean and, and how they can, how we can be the example for them as well. So Abby, yeah. this is, I mean, we're hitting our hour almost. I can't believe it goes by so fast. It flies. It goes by <laughs> so, fast. so before we go to uh, the cards and such, tell everybody how they can find you, Abby, what's the best way to reach out to you? And I think you had a freebie too. So go ahead and share that with everybody.
0: Yeah. So I am most active on Instagram. Um, my handle is wellness with Abby H Abby is with an E wellness with Abby H is also my website. Um, I do have, especially for, um, busy women and moms out there, there's a 10 minute meal guide on, um, my website that they can grab. It's five dinners that are balanced and nutritious and are about 10 minutes to make. So really great for those busy days. And then if this is something they want to explore, I always offer a free consultation to learn a little bit more about my programs and if that would be a good fit for them, which is also available on my website.
1: I I think that's awesome. Thank you for that freebie. I'm going to have to go check it out myself. We're into this new meal prepping. It's just my husband and I here and my mom's here visiting us right now. So we're always trying to find out the best meal prepping thing. So um, right now we're, I'm
0: very much into overnight oats lately. So, Oh yes. So <laughs> good. I think I have a couple, um, overnight oats recipes up on my blog. Oh, I mean, I'll have to look for oh, it then. You have to check awesome. it out there. Hey,
1: okay. so we'll also share, we'll share all those links that Abby just shared with you guys. So you'll watch and watch all the links and the posting of the show. But right now, Abby, I already gave her pre-warning, we're going to do our better questions, better life. And if you don't have these cards and you struggle with mindset or you struggle with journaling or meditation, these are great cards to get started with. They're called BetterQuestionsBetterLife.com. A friend of mine and her good friend created them. And so I journal with these. I'll pull a card once a day. I might meditate on it. Or maybe I'm just having a moment in my day where I need some like non-distraction some distraction to get me back focused. I'll just pull a card. So Abby knows we're going to shuffle these. She's going to tell me when to stop and we're going to answer the question on the card. Tell me when to stop, Abby. Stop. 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 Okay. Oh my god. Okay. So Abby, <laughs> do you remember the card that we I showed you the example of? Do you remember what it, it brought? So, I think oh, we need gosh, to do a new card cuz we talked about this a lot. Okay. Card, okay. Okay. Her card says, How can I experience joy? Okay. Let's <laughs> do a new one. We talked about and that. That was a card I gave in the example <laughs> of. I swear I shuffled them too. Okay. We're going to do this again. All right, Abby. Let's big on joy. Now. All right. <laughs> Stop. All right. Yay. Oh, this is a good one. What makes my heart sing? What makes your heart sing, Abby? Oh, oh,
0: I like that question. Um, <laughs> watching my kids. Play together, like independently, just creating their own little world. And you know, it happened this morning. I was doing my workout, and they were just laughing and doing their own little kid things. And I think that was—it's just so fun to see.
1: Yeah, I remember my. I have two. Do you have boys and girls? Do you have two girls. What do you? Um, I have a boy and a girl. Oh, that's so cool. So I had two boys. So watching them play together. And my oldest was born of our heart, and my youngest came through in vitro. So we really we struggled for a long time to have kids. And they were polar opposites, sports and very introverted in and could build computers. So to watch them when they were younger navigate together. And I love to share the story. I'm glad you brought up kids because this is a cute story. So my oldest is mixed race, and my youngest, of course, is, is white, like my husband and I. And so my youngest one, he struggled speaking at first. And to the point that we were going to probably bring him to get checked to see if he had any kind of delays or anything. And he used to always do this thing where he would scratch himself, right? And so we were thinking autism. We didn't know. And so one time we were in Northern Virginia still living and we had a snowstorm. So the kids were all outside. And they were sledding. We all had these like hills for yards. So they'd go down and we were we we're on a cul-de-sac so it was totally safe. And so one time when they were doing that, my youngest one, Nate, he came in and I'm telling you, he was like that crying, like that, you you know, and he couldn't stop crying. I'm like, tell me what's the matter. And the whole time he's, he's scratching himself. He's literally scratching at his arm, almost like to the point where like skin was close to coming off. And I grabbed his arm and I was like, you know how you get sometimes you get in that moment of desperation, like, Nate, what is the matter with you? You have to tell mommy what's the matter with you? I want to be, I want to look like, I want to be like brother. He wanted to be the same color as his brother. It was I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was like, wow. Now, the other part of that, the other half of that story is when we brought Nate home and I delivered Nate, my oldest son, Matthew, he asked why was Nate a different color than he was? And so we had this conversation around, well, you know, you're Czechoslovakian and Haitian. So that means you're made of white and chocolate. So that's your your, you're going to mix of both. And your brother's just Italian, German, and Irish. So he's all white, you know? So, so he understood that. So we, it was, here we were like three years later having that same conversation with Nate. And that just, I mean, as much as it made my heart sing, it also brought me like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you have to sit here and explain to them that they were so connected that he wanted to be change his color. It was so, so cool. It was, just, it, it was so fun. It's one of the stories I'm going to add. I'm actually, we're writing a book called Beyond Skin Deep stories Ooh. of um, intercultural adoptions. So mm. it's part of the story. We'll, we're going to add to that story. But this was so okay. much fun. Yeah. I love, I love, love that about what makes your heart sing. I think that's so powerful. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. And um, I just want to remind everybody that, you know, we talked a lot today about mindset and being aware. And the Shira League truly is about that. If you want to join us on Sunday evenings from 8 to 9 p.m., we have a guest speaker once a month. We have meditation once a month. Abby, I'll send you the link and you can join us this Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have a guest speaker on once a month. And this Sunday, which it would pass by the time this recording gets done, we will have had Emily Young on and she's a sex and life coach. So um, she's going to be on talking about experiencing and grounding yourself in love. But I just want to remind everybody that as you come into this world we are this rough oyster. We have a lot of work to do to help smooth out what's happening in our lives. But as you do and you open up that oyster, you find you are a beautiful pearl inside. And I hope each and every one of you, you go out today and you find your inner pearl to greatness. Have an amazing rest of your day.
2: When was the last time you challenged yourself to step away? Why do we need to step away? Well, for me, it is because I am the shearer of my own life. And by the way, Pearl Chirenza, the founder and CEO, of the Shiro League is hosting a retreat. This is a great opportunity to step into your power, passion and purpose and getting yourself the space to pause, reflect and create the roadmap to your goals. All of us Shiros need to be in community and the PJ Retreat from WS Living Retreats is the perfect way. Find your self-worth. Stop listening to that saboteur and make sure that you increase your self-worth Well, being in community and having a great time. Are you ready to pack your bags and come to the beach? Then let's go to WSLivingRetreats.com and find your inner Shiro.